Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Okay. Welcome everybody back to the basement binge. Uh, this is going to be a sweet episode. It was it's a guest episode. My name is Harrison. We got have our guest Matt. How's it going, everyone? Uh, and it's just the two of us. Uh, <laughs> last minute, Cade because of a family emergency had to take off, so he wasn't able to join us. And Kelton is with his summer job. This was just one of those weeks where, with his new job, he wasn't able to join us. So uh, it's going to go a little different than we planned, but it's going to be exciting nonetheless because we're talking about the movie. Bumblebee, which is actually Matt's pick, so we're excited to talk about it. Um, but without further ado, we will jump into the two cents. Longtime listeners here, you guys know this is our spoiler-free, two-minute, uninterrupted knee-jerk reaction to the movie, um, what we think about it, um, and also at the end of our two cents to answer a question: Would we recommend it? So I will go first. Get my two-minute time here, and I start talking about the movie Bumblebee. Um, so. Something about myself, I love the Transformer movies. Uh, you know, I'm a big... I, I love movies in general, and I think that the Transformer movies are a very specific type of movie you can enjoy in the right way. Uh, definitely not like high art, but very well-made movies that I love enjoying. And this is like completely different than that. Um, a movie that like I really have a lot of endearment for, and it's just charming to watch, and I really enjoy it. Um, but the other parts of the movie, of a Transformer movies that you come to expect are great there, like great action actually a lot of practical effects that i forgot about that are like really great spectacle to watch um really great visual effects that the work really great uh but then bumblebee to shine on its own it has great action for acting i should say from Haley seinfeld like way better than i anticipated like oh most of the time she's acting against like nothing like some puppet that is a blue screen or whatever like she's she's acting against nothing and she like the emotion that she carries in those moments are really really top-notch um and you can really feel and that's the thing i love about this movie is you know i always told people if you're going into a transformer movie and you expect anything beyond hearing the transformer noise and watching optimus prime beat up some decepticons you got the wrong mindset and like if that's the mindset you go into this movie, you've got the wrong mindset there. I love the emotion and the heart in this movie. And I know it doesn't land in some people because it's like so cliche and almost like overdone. Like, like any movie, name a movie of like boy friends beast. And they both like have a kind of coming of age type thing and overcoming their fears. Like it's been done so many times. And this movie shines because of like, it allows that to let it shine in a way that doesn't feel overwhelming or overbloated. It's just like a simple story that you can enjoy around a character that, I mean, everybody loves Bumblebee, uh, with a great 80s soundtrack. The 80s are charming places to remember. Uh, it's just a lot of fun to continue to enjoy. So yeah, I, would I recommend this, recommend this movie? Definitely like fan of the, of the, um, what's the word I'm searching for? Transformer genre or not? I definitely recommend this movie. It's it's really really fun and just charming to watch. So that's the two cents for me. But we'll pass it over to Matt. Yeah, you know I agree with a lot of that. And the one thing that I will say is I'm a huge fan of the Transformers movies myself. Um, for 
a couple of reasons, like you said, some of the ones later on are not truly high art to me, um, but they are fun. Um, I was one of those guys, definitely, when they did midnight releases before everything was 5 o'clock now, releasing the day before, I was at those for the first couple of Transformers movies. Um, But the one thing I really liked about this one is, like you said, it was nice to see the change of pace and really see a lot of heart in this movie. Uh, Towards the end for the original Transformers, I thought they really kind of, the human characters became an obstacle and were a little bit overshadowing the Transformers, where they became annoying to me. Um, it's not like that in Bumblebee at all. Like you said, Haley Steinfeld, great. Um, and to be basically up against a green screen or working with a puppet, the emotion that she shows in some of those scenes is pretty like moving and powerful. Uh, great action. Love that you know you can see what's going on that was another problem in some of the earlier transformers movies is everything was kind of boxed in and close together so it's cool to see the uh the robots actually what's going on who's fighting who and the g1 design i was you know i remember when transformers was you know huge with the g1 series and i love those designs so it was really cool to see all of that back on screen and just for the story to actually have a lot of heart and charm and not just over the top action that they've kind of become to be, which I still enjoy. And you can certainly uh, enjoy those movies with the right mindset. If you're not going into it saying, geez, I'm looking for uh, something like really deep or whatnot. So would I recommend this movie? Absolutely. I've watched it several times actually. And every time I still enjoy it. So it's definitely a recommend for me as well. Alrighty, so that is the two cents spoiler while we got a few names for it from everybody here at the basement binge which today is just me and matt so um if you guys have not seen this movie uh you can continue i mean spoilers aren't huge it's a pretty classic story and movie that's fun to enjoy um but yeah go watch the movie have a ton of fun we're gonna move on with the rest of the program where obviously there's gonna be some spoilers that are gonna come things like that um yeah other than that we're just going to keep going i'm going to give matt a chance here before we go any further to just kind of introduce himself where you can find his podcast oh just kidding i had my microphone muted that whole time for you matt i'm so sorry no i was just i was trying to like see if i could click or something really quick so i was like hang on i can't hear you <laughs> well in essence what i was saying man this is great we're so good at this is that that's the end of the basement bench we recommend that you go watch it um if you continue listening uh to be honest not a huge deal if it's spoiled it's a pretty classic story that we all know nothing too shocking or surprising about it so feel free to continue because we're just going to talk about the other segments you guys know um but if you want to keep it totally spoiler free this is the end of the spoiler wall um definitely subscribe to the basement binge if you guys are new um everyone else we're moving on the regular scheduled program before that uh we don't have question time with kelton because he's gone but we do have an opportunity for matt to introduce himself uh yeah matt the floor is yours all right. Well, you know, first and foremost, I want to thank you for, you know, uh, letting me join your uh, your segment here and your show. I've been a fan of it since I caught wind of it on podcast. And, uh, you know, uh, my name is Matt. I actually run the podcast Matt Goes to the Movies, which you can find on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Radio Public, and go to Linktree, Matt Goes to the Movies. You can catch any other uh, links that I have there, Facebook, Instagram, you know, interact with my podcast, give suggestions and whatnot. So just excited to be a part of this segment today because I've really enjoyed listening to what you guys do and definitely appreciate uh, coming on. 
Yeah, yeah, of course. We're glad to have you. Something that we like have always wanted the the basement bench to be is a conversation among movie of people who love movies. Um, and the podcast environment was something that was very, very new to us, and so it was exciting to like find a lot of people that I mean, we've had Jonathan on the show before. Um, and sadly, we've only had two guests on the show so far. Um, but just like the way we've interacted with people with it, been a ton of fun. So thanks for joining us, Matt. Um, of course, everything where you can find Matt, all of his links, where you can find his show, Matt Goes to the Movies, is going to be in the show notes. You can you can find all of that there. But I have a few questions for you, Matt, just as one movie lover to another. Um, name, because we, have, we stick with threes around here. I don't know. Everything's always in threes. So name th- any three movies within your top... I mean, I guess I'm gonna say top 20 because it's hard to pick a top 10. So like, just it doesn't have to be numeric. Just any three movies that you'd say like it's generally within that top 20 favorite movie somewhere. So Breakfast Club, uh, the thing, not the remake from like 2011 or 2012 when that came out, but uh, the one that came out in like 1989, and then Batman Begins. Oh, but not the Dark Knight. Batman would get interesting. We could have a whole conversation about that. <laughs> I'm intrigued. I'm very, very intrigued. Um, we have an unreleased episode. Spoiler for you guys. Well, I guess by this time the episode's out. You guys are listening to it, so whatever. Time is confusing when you're editing things. Um, we have an episode that is now released, um, if you guys are listening, where we did our Basement Bin Top 30. Uh, all three of us came together with our top 10 lists. Um and then had to compile them into a list of 30. And it was a fun little competition to have. But the one movie, the only movie that all three of us had on our top 10 list was The Dark Knight. Um, and there wasn't another mention of a single Batman movie at all. Like, out of 30, 29 other movies, I love Batman Begins. Don't be wrong, I love The Dark Knight Rises. But that's interesting, specifically Batman Begins. I'd love to hear... Well, I, I don't want to... Well, maybe I do want to get into it. I don't know. But I'm curious... On your list of top 20 or wherever it is, is The Dark Knight above or below Batman Begins? Uh, it is below Batman Begins. Oh, so like Batman Begins, is that your favorite Batman movie? Yes, uh, and by pretty significant margin. Uh, not to say that I don't like The Dark Knight because I could spend hours talking about The Dark Knight by itself. Um, but for a true Batman movie, I think Batman Begins is more close to what I consider Batman and while the dark Knight's really good, I think there's in between the Heath Ledger Joker things and some of the Harvey Dent stuff. I think there's a lot missing there. Um, so I just, I think consistent wise, uh, I Batman begins. I just watched it actually last night and uh, it, it's still my favorite one. I just, I can't get enough of that movie. I actually saw that six times in the theater when it came out. Wow. That's a lot. I I honestly a little sneak peek into my life. I'd never like heard of Christopher Nolan. I was very very young at the time. Um, I'm a pretty young individual, um, but <laughs> I'd never heard of Christopher. I was like very young in my appreciation of movies. Like the movies that I knew were the DVDs that my parents had in the cupboard that my brother and I would watch. Like and then occasionally a movie that my parents would take us to at the theaters. You know, like I was not involved in anything. I was a kid. Uh, but I remember my dad bought a Blu-ray player, like when Blu-rays first started becoming a thing, and he was so excited because he's always been into like high-definition picture and, and sound, and he's always loved that. And anyway, so he bought a Blu-ray player, and he just bought a few Blu-rays, but like never told anyone in the family, so they just like ended up in the DVD cupboard. And I was like, "What the heck is this? Like, why is the top of it blue? Like, what is this?" And it was Batman Begins. That was one of them. I was like, 
I mean, this looks kind of cool. What the heck is this? Like, I ne like no no awareness of what it was at all. And just watching, I was like, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. Like, just blown away by it. And I remember I went to like June. I was probably junior high. I think I don't know. Was I that old? I don't know. Yeah, I had to be because it was my yeah. I was in junior high because I remember I went to my friend Dallin who didn't move in until I was in junior high. And I was like, have you guys seen Batman Begins? It's like the best movie ever. And I just like talked about it for days. And he's like, yeah, we've all seen Batman Begins. It's good. Have you seen The Dark Knight? And I was like, there's another one. <laughs> and, uh, so we went over to his house and me and his older brother Isaiah, we watched The Dark Knight. And like, I just remember my brain like exploded and oozed out all over the ground. I was like, what the heck? Like, what is this world of movies that I've been unexposed to? And then for like an hour, me and his brother Isaiah, we just talked down there at the beginning for like the last line where it's saying like he's, I don't even remember, I'm going to butcher it, but like he's the hero Gotham needs, but the one, not the one he deserves or probably got that backwards, whatever it says. But like, I remember just being down there for like an hour talking about what that line meant and just like, like, I, cause I just didn't understand it. Like, I don't know, movies had never gotten that, like, deep for me. And I was like, it's just like my mind was opened up to a whole new world beside the land before time. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, anyway, little insight into my life there. Um, but I'm curious about you, Matt. Um, what is, like, a hidden gem movie that you would recommend to people that you feel like is under either underappreciated or just, like, underseen, like, people don't know about? Just a hidden gem that you would recommend people go watch. Uh, so let's stick with um, the actor that plays Batman in the movie that we were just talking about, Christian Bale, um, Equilibrium. And it is pretty much The Matrix before The Matrix actually came out, if people have not seen it. So to me, I think that is completely underrated because anybody I ever talk to doesn't really know it. And then they go and watch it and say, wow, that was absolutely awesome. Uh I'm a huge Christian Bale fan to begin with. So I try to seek out anything that he's in. And when I came across it, I was like, Oh my God, how did this not get more publicity? Cause it's really good. Never even seen it, but it is now on my watch list. So there we go. Okay. Thank you for that recommendation. I am going to benefit from that. Um, I have a few other questions for you, then we'll get on to our program. I just, this, I love this stuff. I just love talking about movies. Like, I'm excited to talk about Bumblebee. Don't get me wrong, but like, I love meeting new people who have shared a love for movies and just like picking at their brain. Um, so, two questions favorite director and favorite actor. Also, feel free to fire any questions my way. I'd be happy to answer any as well. Um, or just say anything you want. Like, you can say, like, I want to answer this question and just answer your own. But, uh, favorite director, favorite actor or actress. Favorite director um, to me is Carpenter. So I love John Carpenter. Um, I think what he did with the original Halloween um, still is unprecedented for the simple fact that to me, you can go back and watch that movie and everything about it, even though in like this day and age with movies and horror your you know horror movies now where oh it's got to be over the top kills or anything like that and to go back and watch a movie that came out that long ago and everything about it works to me is pretty impressive because if you go back and watch a lot of those movies from that time frame they don't have any kind of impact on you because everything is you know over the top now to so to speak if you're a fan of horror movies or anything like that so i think what Carpenter did to stand the years that it has. Um, I just love him. 
Um, I love his cinematography, the fact of his scores, just the simplicity of the scenes that he does where there's not a lot happening, but it's all, it's all tension building. Um, I absolutely love that. So Carpenter would be my favorite director and anything Hugh Jackman, I will watch. Yeah. You could, Hugh Jackman could be on screen for a half an hour trying to open a Snickers bar and I'd watch that movie. (laughs) No. Oh, that would be enjoyable. <laughs> I I gotta admit this here. Kelton is like our one eh, maybe Kate, but Kelton, like he's like our spokesman for the horror genre. Like I'm a wimp when it comes to this. In junior high one time, my friends and I, they were like getting into horror movies and that we went and saw actually it's not my parents' basement. We watched uh The Woman in Black, I think that's what it was called, with Daniel Radcliffe. And I could not sleep for like days. And it terrified me. I don't even know if that's, like, even a good horror movie in the genre for it because I've never, like, deep dipped back into that again because it just, like, traumatized me. I'm just too afraid. And I know I'm a wimp, but... So would you say that horror is your favorite genre? Yeah, I would. Um, just for the fact, too, that I I started that at a really, really early age. Uh, the first time I actually saw a horror movie was Halloween. And I saw that when I was six years old. Um, so I saw that really early on. And when I was growing up as a kid to kind of put an age stamp on me, um, Friday the 13th and things like that, the originals were starting <laughs> to be a little popular. <laughs> um, so yeah, I definitely would say that horror is definitely uh, my genre of choice, but uh it depends on what it is so i'm not i'll find enjoyment in some of the over the top stuff but i really just want a good suspenseful tension movie and not you know brutally killing and buckets of blood and stuff like that so okay all righty well follow-up question to your favorite actor what's your favorite hugh jackman movie so favorite hugh jackman movie is either a it's really a 1A kind of 1B scenario with Logan is at the top of the list for me just because X-Men was, in terms of comic book movies, X-Men was like my first love like for, yeah. for comic book movies because obviously the MCU wasn't a thing and we were getting movies like Daredevil and Elektra um, <laughs> when, yeah, seriously. when X-Men came out. So... Seeing that, I just was infatuated with the X-Men series. That was always my favorite comic book series uh, from reading. So Logan, and then I am a huge fan of The Greatest Showman. I think oh, that's really? a fantastic movie. I think he's great in it. Um, so that would be my 1A and 1B. It's probably a little bit farther apart than that because Logan to me is the epitome of a comic book movie um, that isn't a comic book movie. So, all right. I, I'm. I was going to ask about the Greatest Showman, but then I was worried that you wouldn't like it because I have great love for the Greatest Showman, and, and like, I didn't want that to be hurt because <laughs> I know some people don't share my love for it. But like, it, I'm getting so derailed here. But whatever. This is fun. The Greatest Showman was the first movie I ever want went and saw in theaters twice. Like I was always like a one and done type person for movies in theaters. That was the only movie I've ever gone to twice because it's just like, I I like music and. I like Hugh Jackman and like, I don't know, it just fit perfectly with everything that I wanted from that movie and also just like really impacted me and like inspired me as a creative individual. So yeah, I really like The Greatest Showman. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. 
Awesome, awesome. So do you mind if I shoot a couple questions your way? I would love that. All right. So I would be interested to see your favorite director here, so to speak, and who your favorite actor is. Oh, okay. My favorite director is a tie. Um, I'm going to say... I'm going to mispronounce his name. I always do. But Denny Villanueva, Villeneuve, however you say his name, uh, I love him. I remember in my film class in high school, we watched Arrival, and I was just like, I was in, no, actually, I don't know, it was in high school. Time period doesn't matter. I watched it in one of my film classes, and I was just like in awe for days. And like, I it really seriously like affected my ability to think about anything else for days. I just kept thinking about it. And like, that was one of, in addition to like that time in my friend's basement watching The Dark Knight, that was another one of my moments where my mind really began to see movies as a lot more than just entertainment and like as a serious art form. Um, so I was just blown away by Arrival, and then I found out that he was this, that he directed Blade Runner twenty forty nine. So I was like, okay, I gotta watch Blade Runner. He so I watched Blade Runner so I could watch Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Watched that and I was like, okay, no one's doing it better than him. Like these, these Blade Runner twenty forty nine and. Um, uh, Arrival, like just, I just adore everything about Denis Villeneuve. Um, so yeah, I would say him. I would say George Miller because I love him, but like I think more consistently, I'm impressed by Denny than I am George. Uh, so I'd say Denis Villeneuve. Uh, oh. I I gotta say really quick, if you don't mind, um, I was so disappointed by the turnout for Blade Runner twenty forty nine because there was such a swell of people wanted a sequel to that movie and then they were finally going to get it. And it had a, a, a much better showing when it was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, out on DVD and stuff, but people didn't show up to the theaters to support it. I was kind of disappointed by that. Cause I, I love 2049. I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. Sadly, I didn't even know that that movie existed to go to the theater. So I was not able to go and support it, but I didn't even know that that Blade Runner was a movie at that time. Like, so, yeah, but I agree. It's like, I, I have so many things to say about that movie. I, I love that movie. Um, but my favorite actor um, is probably going to be um, Amy Adams. I'm in love with her, like probably too much. My wife makes fun of me for it. But one of the movies in my parents' DVD cover that I repeatedly watched was Enchanted. I just adored the movie Enchanted. If you guys haven't seen Enchanted, I highly recommend it. It's a Disney movie where Amy Adams is a Disney princess who comes from fairy tale world into New York and she plays that role like perfectly and it is so fun and hilarious and charming and like so like aware of itself in a great way and it's hilarious so I loved her in that I always just thought she's like oh yeah she's great I thought she was pretty um and then I watched Arrival and I was like this is the same actress like what in the world um and then everything else she's done I I just adore so she, I just, when people ask me, I usually think of her first. It's a good choice. She's definitely, she's definitely fantastic. So, yeah. Um, I don't have any, I don't have any other questions unless you have any questions you want to ask or want to answer yourself. Anything else you want to say? Uh, yeah, just one, one other question. Would you say that you have, cause nowadays a lot of movies have you know sequels and there's spin-offs and everything else do you have like a favorite series from starting to really gather a love for movies that you know you're like this is like this is my this is my series this is exactly what i wanted from like movie watching 
Oh, okay, yeah. Um, that's a hard question to answer because there's a lot that like I love bits and pieces of. Um, but let me let me. I want to like answer that the right way. Um, hmm. As a whole, like if I take the whole thing, like like I said, there's bits and pieces of so many that I love. Oh, I just remembered another one that might change my answer. Um, it's gonna be. I'm gonna say it's gonna be a tie um, between Star Wars and the War of the or the Planet of the Apes trilogy with Matt Reeves. Oh, God, I love the Planet of the Apes trilogy. <laughs> it's that, so good. That that would be my tie. Star Wars, um, because that was like. That is what I watched. Like my brother and I had the Star Wars three script memorized, and I cannot tell you how many times my brother and I reenacted the battle on Mustafar between Obi Wan and Anakin. Me with Obi Wan's lightsaber, him with Anakin's. Like we had the choreography down to a T. Like Star Wars has always been what I've loved forever, um, and it was like the first like fell in love with the movie like i always enjoyed movies i always watch them but like i like i fell in love with movies because of star wars and even like the sequel trilogy which i know is really like divisive like i've never been more excited for a movie to come out than i was for the sequels of star wars including the rise of skywalker which say about that what you will like before it even premiered like just seeing the trailers i was like this is going to be the greatest event of my life and whether it lived up to that or not is a whole nother conversation for another day but like that excitement for star wars has never died um, and uh, so I would say Star Wars but as far as like just because you said like something that you, I can't remember how you phrased it but like what do you look forward to in movies like this is what I love about movies I would have to say the Planet of the Apes trilogy like one of the best done trilogies ever in terms of like a continual story arc about through a trilogy instead of just like restarting the character you know like rebooting the character every time there's a sequel but like a continual progression and like almost like evolution of thinking and mindset on top of incredible cinematography incredible acting uh, visual effects and motion capture with Andy Serkis and and like I did not expect that from a Planet of the Apes reboot um and I love Matt Reeves he's another one of those directors that's up there and I'm beyond excited for the Batman but yeah, like it, like it a lot. Uh, so I want to fire back. I love this. I'm, I don't even know if we're gonna get to Bumblebee because of this. But same question to you. Like, what would what would you say? So I would have to agree with you. It would be Star Wars because that. Well, horror might be overall like my favorite genre. I could, besides Attack of the Clones, I just I can't bring <laughs> myself to do it. <laughs> um, I could I could watch Star Wars literally. It could be on my TV every day. And even if I'm not completely watching it because I'm doing something else, it, it could be on the television every single day for me because, again, that was – I was just so in awe of Star Wars and the story and the characters. And when the originals came out, the just the charisma that those three had, you know, obviously Carrie Fisher uh, – Mark Hamill and, and Harrison Ford. It was just unbelievable to me that the, the chemistry that they had, the screen presence. And like you said, yeah, say what you will about the sequel trilogy, as people call it, and whether or not it finished up the, you know, the nine movie arc, like it was supposed to. I just, I remember being a part of like the force awakens release and 
people were going ballistic and I mean, that movie made what $2 billion and it's the high, you know, it was the highest grossing movie until Endgame came out. Um, People were just in love with it. And, you know, I think some people forget how much they actually liked that movie because I said it in my thing and we actually talked about it a little bit, um, not even on a podcast form, but nobody hates star Wars more than star Wars fans sometimes for some reason. Um, so so I, uh, I would agree with that. Star Wars to me is just my favorite. I would say too, though, I am a huge fan of the mission impossible movies because they get significantly better. It's really rare to have something be on. Well, now it'll be seven and eight when the new ones come out, but to have the sixth movie in the series and it actually not only get better in terms of story, action, dialogue, and keep it somewhat grounded in reality, so to speak, because, you know, some people say like the Fast and the Furious movies got better as time went on, but they're just so over the top that oh, you don't ridiculous. take them seriously anymore. Um, it's the opposite for me for Mission Impossible they've become more of an actual movie with good character progression over the six movies, you know, storylines that you can get behind and everything like that. So I I definitely like the mission impossible series, but planet of the apes, I couldn't have cared less until that trilogy came out. I didn't care about any of the originals or anything like that. I didn't think they were good. Um, but yeah, to to have those three films and the arc of everybody involved and again, like you said, to root for CGI characters and to have so much I had so much emotion for C for Caesar. Um Matt Reeves is fantastic to me. Um so yeah, the Batman two to me is I'm really excited for it. I was basically doing backflips too when they announced Robert Pattinson as Batman. Yo, um I'm a huge fan of his. Uh, I had so many conversations with people that were like, this is the worst thing ever. And I was just like, so you're the same people that said Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman was terrible. She's doesn't have the right build. And then she came out and everybody was like, oh my God, she's fantastic. And even when Heath Ledger, I don't know if you remember when people, you know, they announced that he was going to be the Joker. Everybody was up in arms about that. That was going to be the worst thing ever because it was just off of Brokeback Mountain, and there was so much controversy surrounding that movie. Um, so I was like, if you've never seen anything besides the fact that people grill him for being in Twilight, he's a fantastic actor. So I'm super excited to see what he does with it, and basically, I, I would trust Matt Reeves with any project. Seriously. Seriously. Uh, so that was – I have one last question for you, then we can actually get to Bumblebee. And it, it's based off kind of what we've been talking about. What is like – I know that the coronavirus has put a lot of movies on hold, which is really sad. There were so many movies coming out this year that I was beyond excited about that are now coming out next year or sometime this year. Who knows? Anyway, what is like the one movie coming out that we like have somewhat of a release date for um, that you like your most anticipated movie coming, coming so out? So it is Halloween Kills. What is that coming out? What is that? Uh, well, it still shows that it's coming out October of this year. So if they haven't announced any delays because of COVID-19, so if all goes well, I think they were just in 
post-production. So okay. everything is filmed. So if that still comes out, that is definitely my most anticipated for this year, simply because the sequel to the original Halloween that takes you know care of everything else and doesn't follow up on any of the other movies that were released, I think that is what I was talking about earlier. That's everything that a horror movie should be um, to generate tension and just an overall caring about what's going on in the horror movie genre, because a lot of the times the characters are just throwaway. You don't care about them, but I really liked what they did with Halloween 2018. Okay. Okay. So what about you? Uh, my favorite, like, Oh, like the movie I'm anticipating most. Um, It's a tie between Tenet and Dune. Um, Tenet probably because I've like there's a little bit more exposure to that than Dune. Like Dune is just like okay, it's based off the book Dune. My favorite director is directing it. Has a stacked cast, but like I, that's all I know. I haven't seen a trailer, so like when I think about Dune, I get pumped. But when but like Tenet is more on my mind, especially because like I'm wanting theaters to open by July 17th so Tenet can be released um, because I feel like. Christopher Nolan, who's like a very, very great director and who's making like high quality films for like the common man, which is very impressive. I feel like he's been like building up to this moment. Um, and I and I love original movies. I love, you know, it's, it's always exciting to like be exposed to new things that you're not, you know, in a, in a franchise or things like that. But to be fair, I do love my franchises and I think that those are great too. Um, so yeah, yeah, either Tenet or Dune. Um, I'm, sci-fi is my favorite genre, um, has been forever. So th- they fit great in there. Yeah, I, I definitely would say I'm tenant is definitely number two for me. Um, anytime I watch that trailer, Nolan soundtracks that he gets on his oh movies are always, I just, I get pumped. Like, I feel like I want to go run through a thunderstorm when I hear that <laughs> yeah. soundtrack for tenant when it's playing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for that movie. So after, however long that was that was a lot of fun for me i don't know if you guys listening appreciate it i don't even know if matt appreciated that and he was just being nice and answering all my questions but like i said whenever i like find somebody who's has a share from share love for movies for me i'm like i just want to pick their brain because i don't get to do that frequently enough in my life so anyway on to like the actual regular schedule program with bumblebee um we're gonna get into this here so bumblebee released in 2018 kind of reboot slash sequel slash more of a reboot to the Transformers series. Um, anyway, first segment here, pick your poison. If you guys know, this is the personal rating scale here at the Basement Binge where we decide we give it a rank out of four things. We would never watch it again, obvious choice. Uh, stream, a step above that where it's like something that you already have access to on a streaming service you're already subscribed to or something where you're just kind of waiting for something to entertain you and you'll just kind of pick it out because you've got nothing else to watch. Step above that is you you would go seek out and be willing to pay a few bucks to rent it. So you got never watch again, stream, rent, and that's the top of the list is buy. Um, you know, obviously you want to buy the movie, watch as many times as you can. So I'm curious for you, Matt, where would you, what would you pick for this movie? So I would definitely pick that for me, it would be a buy uh, based on the fact that I went and saw it one by myself um then i went back because my kids wanted to see it and then they wanted to watch it again before you could stream it so we rented it so then i just bought it so for me it's definitely a buy because i think if you're a fan of transformers 
you'll like this movie. And even if you're not a fan of Transformers, I think anybody would like this movie because it has heart, it has good action. So there's a little bit of something for everybody for me in this movie. So I would buy it and I did buy it. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you with a buy. This is a movie that I already own. Um, but if I were to just go through it again for the Pick Your Poison, I would buy it again. Like it it is a movie that I love to rewatch. Um, my wife loves it too, which is rare that she loves a movie of this genre that's not a typical romance movie. Um, and like I just remember walking out of the theater and both her and I were like, "That was a great movie. Like we really really enjoyed that." Um, and so I'm kind of curious because. Matt was one we like like last minute I felt so bad about this we made a total change to our schedule like hey Matt we were gonna watch this movie but we're not can you like pick a movie for us to watch and we'll watch it and this was one of the few he suggested that we picked from but I'm curious like why 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 this movie like maybe you'll get into it more later but I, like why was this one of those that you wanted to talk about and suggest you know for some reason when you asked me for a suggestion you know I picked uh just to give a little insight I said oh what about Sonic, which I thought was really good and wasn't expecting that, um, especially after all the backlash that that movie got when everything first came out. And then I said Assassin's Creed because I love the games and I even like, I like talking about movies, whether they're good or bad, just what I think went wrong or what to me could have been improved upon because I love to hear what other people think of maybe something that I don't like or to hear you know, why they would like it and what it meant to them. But for some reason, Bumblebee just came to mind because like I said, it's this movie's got a lot of heart. So I just thought about it for some reason. I haven't watched a Transformers movie in a while. Um, So I must like it maybe a little bit more than I thought (laughs) because it just, it I had, because I was like, this is a good movie that I'd like to talk about. So yeah, I just, I guess I do like it more than I even thought, even though I bought it. So okay, fair enough. Um, I a little insight into myself. I, my, I voted for Assassin's Creed because I actually really like that movie. Um, but I, but then the other two voted for Bumblebee, and then they're not even here, and we watched Bumblebee. But that's okay because I like this movie anyway. But I, I am curious. So I want to talk about this because this is like just fascinating to me. I don't know. These are the things that I'm into that normally we don't talk about. This is a, this is a weird episode if you guys can't tell. But the Transformers series or franchise i I wouldn't call the series because those movies are so disconnected but that's okay that's they're great to enjoy in their own way there is one two three four so there's five other transformers this is the six transformer movies to be released um and rotten tomatoes no matter what you feel about it that's just like a good kind of generic grading scale that a lot of people know um even though i have my own thoughts about that rotten tomatoes the first transformer movie was the highest at 58 percent, which isn't great but that was the highest after that, it consistently went down with a little jump in the middle, but it just consistently went down all the way to 15%. And then you get Bumblebee that jumps all the way to 91%, which is the highest of any Transformer movie, but also is just like high for a movie. Like there's a lot of movies that I love that don't have good Rotten Tomato scores. And this one has like a like a, a great Rotten Tomato score. 91% is not like something to, to, you know, throw us to the side. Like that's impressive that a movie with all of this leading up to is at 91%. So I'm curious, like if this is the right segment for whatever is so disorganized, why you think like, what, how did it go from 15% to 91? Like, well, my thoughts on that, or we kind of touched on it a little bit in the beginning is by the time the fifth movie came around, um, you know, every movie has a MacGuffin, 
you know, for some reason it's first, it was the, you know, the Allspark and, you know, then it's some magical staff from Merlin and whatnot. And the fifth one, but like, they're not cohesive after basically the first three, they kind of just like four is almost a reboot, so to speak. Um, even though they talk about, the third one and the first couple of ones, but they did everything they could to try and get away from that. Um, those first three movies with Shia LaBeouf and you know, whatnot. So I think by this time and Bumblebee coming around again, this, this movie has heart and that's what, you know, four five didn't really have. It was one action set piece to another. And while there's a market for that, I think people just got tired of that because I, I've said this about every Transformers movie except for the first one. You could cut out 45 minutes of each Transformers movie and they'd probably actually be rated a lot better because every movie has the same beginning, middle, and end. And they're about 45 minutes too long where it's just destruction after destruction after destruction where the Autobots are nowhere to be found and it makes no sense. So if you're trying to watch this, which I think most people do from like a logical standpoint, the time frame that occurs in the movies doesn't make sense anymore. There's just too much going on that wouldn't really happen when you're trying to film a cohesive movie. So I think people were really interested with the fact of this movie has heart. It focuses a lot on the Autobots. Um, you know, the human characters to me aren't that annoying anymore. I think they became, again, they overshadowed the Transformers and, you know, especially four and five. So I think people were just excited to see a Transformers movie that really focused on a Transformer. I think that's why the you see that big turnaround. Yeah, I, I've been thinking about it a lot. I I really, really love The Last Night. I once described it to a friend as like the most perfectly crafted that was horrible english but <laughs> the most perfectly crafted uh ball of flaming trash like it is a ball of flaming trash but it is the best made ball of flaming trash in the world and like what does that have to say about you know movies in general but anyway uh so i like i really really love the last night but you watch bumblebee and i think that it something that shot it up so high in, in people's expectations is like they really just took everything about a transformers movie and made it good you know like uh there's nothing trashy about this i will say like everything's full of emotions everything's full of a lot of heart like everything about it is just charming from like the characters to like the silly mom in this movie like she's just like it's just a fun like almost like charming family to watch that like you don't get in a transformers movie normally like like the the humans in the Transformers movies are normally annoying where like here it's like it, everything fits just well really well together and it's well paced and well told um and just really easy to love so yeah i i really really like this movie but i think that's enough of bigger poison uh we can move on to binge points which are like the easter eggs details fun little things to notice in this movie yeah you got any matt um well i just you know it's not an easter egg or anything like that but the fun details is the G1 designs, I love that they went back to those, you know, uh, Soundwave, everything like that. I just, I think these designs are spectacular and they got a lot better after uh, Dark of the Moon. I thought Age of Extinction and I can't remember the subtitle for the fourth one, but 
I really like the redesign that they did in the Transformers movies, but there's something about just the classic designs that they went to that I absolutely love. Um, I like the little Easter egg at the end of the movie too, where you see the semi truck driving down the highway and that's actually Optimus Prime. So I like that. I didn't catch that the first time I saw the movie. So that was really cool to see that. But yeah, I didn't catch that either, but I like that. And, and I agree. I love like, I grew up watching one of the things I watched with my brother is like, it's not a thing anymore, but like Hasbro.com, we would spend hours on that, like either playing games on there, but we would watch like they had many like animated transformer series and GI Joe series. And we loved them, like just soaked them up. Um, and so like the opening scene of this movie is probably one of the best opening scenes of any transformers movie. Like I, I can just imagine like the producers in the room, like, okay, we have a new Transformers movie. It will reboot our franchise. Like we want it to be way different than anything else. Like, what 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 can we do? And they're like, well, how about we open on Cybertron and we have the Transformers look and feel and sound like the G one series and just make it look so different on Cybertron, like almost like cartoony because obviously everything's CGI at the beginning, but like it, it just looks great. And I I agree with you. I really love that. Um, to throw my own binge points here. Um, um, I love the soundtrack and the score. Um, I was not alive in the 80s, sadly, as much as I wish that I love, <laughs> wish, wish that I was. Um, but I don't know. It just makes it that it just everything's so charming. I love the character of Charlie. Like, I, I don't know. I, I love the design and the production design of this movie. It just like looks and feels really like charming to be a part of. I keep saying that word, but that's just what comes to mind. Um, and, you know, like the soundtrack, the score, everything's great. Uh, I also mentioned this earlier, the practical effects in this movie, uh, I did not remember. Like, there's a lot that are really, really, I mean, obviously the visual effects are great, um, and there's a lot of that, but, like, the practical effects look really great, uh, which I thought. Um, and then the one of the bench point that's, like, the most insignificant, meaningless thing in the world, but the Paramount, like, logo was the most transformery looking logo I've ever seen in respect to like Michael Bay in that it was like with a sunset with the most teal and orange I've ever seen in a Paramount logo before. And it was like, that is like Michael Bay. Like, hey, can I just change the Paramount logo and make it look a little more by Michael Bay? And it's just like, I don't know, super insignificant. But as soon as it started, it was like, oh, okay, like they have some respect for what he can do. I don't know. Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I like all those points because, yeah, the, the opening battle is fant- it's fantastic. You almost wish you had more of it, but it was just enough to me uh, to be like almost an appetizer. And, okay, this movie did really well. Hopefully we get a sequel and we can see more of that. Yeah, I agree. I love that opening scene. I talk about that a lot with my friends. Um, but I don't really have any other bench points um, unless you got any yet, Matt. You know, just again, like you said, I mean, charming is really, it's it's such a good word for this movie because it does, it has so much charm. Um, Even Bumblebee, to say that about a robot, even he has charm. Like you really root for him in the movie. He he feels like a full-fleshed character where in the other Transformers movies, I liked him, but I definitely didn't have the attachment over five movies to Bumblebee that... I had to this one movie of Bumblebee and I know the whole movie is focused on him, but a lot of the Transformers movies before this, there was a lot of focus on Bumblebee in those as well. Um, so I don't know whether it was the nostalgia of the design or like you said, that the 80s soundtrack is amazing or whether it was seeing the coming of age story, um, 
you know, with Haley Steinfeld and whatnot. But yeah, I just, there's something about this movie that I love talking about it. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said. Like, Bumblebee as a character, he just has a lot of charm. Like, and give, throw it up to the animators. Like, to give a character who can't say anything for the majority of the movie, um, like, so much, like, heart and, like, emotion that, like, the way he reacts when he, like, almost sits on the dog and, like, the way his hands move, you know, like, his curiosity and things. Like, he's almost like a pet that you just adore, uh, you know. So, so. Absolutely. Alrighty, we'll move we'll move on to our least and likes. The next time we hear, where we just talk about our least favorite scene and our favorite scene, um, which one it is. Um, we'll, we always start with our least favorite scene. So Matt, take it away. What's your least favorite scene? Favorite scene. So my least favorite scene is. I hope I'm not cheating on this point because I really don't like John Cena's character in this movie. Um, the I think he's way over the top for a movie that while it's charming and I know it's about robots fighting and everything like that, he just seems kind of out of place to me in this movie. So anytime he's really on screen, I wasn't really a fan of him. Uh, I thought he was the weakest part of this movie and I generally kind of like him actually in movies. I think he's pretty funny. He's found, uh, you know, his kind of role in Hollywood and what he, you know, does good at, but I, I wasn't really a fan of him. So any scene with him on screen, I didn't really like so that would be my least um for this movie because it's it's a combination of him being on screen yeah um no definitely not a throwaway or a cheat at all um i i kind of agree with you like in this watch through it's kind of disappointment like i always remember like talking about how i love john cena and like this was one of the movies that i talked about like oh i love john cena like go watch bumblebee and then i watched this i was like well like john cena is great but like the character he's playing like it, it just like I don't know if it's the way he's acting or the way it's written or a combination of both. Like I like you said, it's like almost like a little too much for this movie. And it's, it feels out of place. And it's and I don't think it's so much that like the government involvement is too much because like that's kind of necessary for the plot. But like I don't know, it's like something specifically um, about how like the John Cena character like almost feels important but isn't. And like I don't I don't know. I I like feel weird about it. So yeah, I agree with you there. That that would be my least. But my favorite um, to move on to my like. I already mentioned is the opening scene. Like I, I just love watching it. I don't know. It just fills me with so much excitement, like nostalgia for the Transformers animated shows I used to watch, and it just looks great, sounds great, it's a ton of fun, great action that like isn't cut and filmed horribly. That like you can't even see who's fighting one. It just looks like a you know garbage heap having a fight. Like it, it just looks. I love the opening scene. Yeah, uh, you know that's that's a really good scene to me too um but i the ending battle is to me that's my favorite scene of the movie because it it has you know more length to it obviously more depth um and the camera work there is just fantastic like you said a lot of the other movies it's it's up close you don't really see what's going on everybody kind of looks the same so you almost don't know who's winning and who's losing sometimes in some of those earlier transformers movies so to have actually like the wide lens, the camera brought back, seeing what's going on, the G1 design, so you know, okay, who's where. I just, I thought it was really well done, and that's that's my favorite part of the whole movie. Um, in terms of overall, I, I love all the scenes where Bumblebee's trying to get acclimated to, to hiding and when they're on the beach and everything like that, but I definitely, that ending scene is, uh, especially watching it again, probably, like, Four months ago is when I watched this one. Um, 
I, I really like that scene. Yeah, I, I, I was going to mention that by, by bench points, and I forgot. I really like that scene, too, especially, like, how all the Transformers, but especially Bumblebee, when he, like, his memory comes back, like, he has a fighting style, and it's not just, like, two giant robots, like, smashing together. Like, you can see a fighting style and, like, almost like a choreography to the action the same way that you would have with actors, uh, and it looks great, and I like that end scene a lot. So I agree with you there. Um, so moving on to our last segment, Fall In. This is the big part of the Basement Binge. Uh, you know, I think Kate called it the meat of our podcast once where we talk about the themes or meanings or messages of the movie that really impacted us, stand out to us, that we, we like or appreciate or how they impacted us. Um, so we, we've talked a lot about how this movie has a, like, a lot of heart and a lot of, we've been using that word a lot and how it's charming him. And I, I just think, I, I, I think I said this in my two cents, like it's, it's a very simple and, and, and story that we're familiar with, you know, so-and-so meets a, a beast, if you want to call it that. Um, I'm thinking of like E.T. or How to Train Your Dragon or something like that, where like somebody meets something that's, you know, out of this world and, and unfamiliar and unrecognized and unaccepted, and they both become friends and they kind of come to their own acceptance, their self-acceptance. And it's just like a great message that is a great thing to repeat. Um, and it's just like, like it's so simplistic in it that it's like it, it brings a lot of charm to it and I, I just like that i like that it's a coming of age story for both the character of charlie and also the character of bumblebee and how both Haley steinfeld is really really great in the emotion of having to act against a, a green screen or a puppet or, or like nothing at times and how great she carries that out but also everyone involved in the design of bumblebee how they make him so charming and like how i feel so much emotion in his progression as well yeah, no, uh, I think that's really good points. Um, I'm kind of going to mimic some of them because it is such a simple story, but I think uh, it's a message that's often sometimes lost where, you know, you have Charlie who is really just looking in this movie for somebody to recognize her and notice her really. Um, she's devastated by the loss of her dad. She feels like her mom doesn't understand it because her mom's remarried and you know, maybe some of the listeners that are going to listen to this episode have felt that way. And she finds, you know, she puts, you know, effort into this car that she doesn't know is Bumblebee at first, but it's two people from literally now two different worlds um, that come together because they're both looking for something that they find in each other, so to speak. So I think that's a really good message, uh, especially now. I think that is a little bit more prominent, obviously, with things that are going on in the world and whatnot. But, you know, it's, uh, I, I just think it's a good message to not shut yourself out. And you never know who you're going to meet that could be exactly what you need. So you should always just be open to, you know, things around you and try and get out of your shell, so to speak. And that's really what she does in this movie. Yeah, I really agree with what you said there. There were two things that you said that I want to touch on. The first was like, you know, just how she immediately accepts and, and welcomes Bumblebee in. Like it, there, there's some line that she said, like, you know, if people see you, they're going to freak out or, or something like that. And like, you're going to be chopped up into any species in a science table or whatever she said. Like, I think that our, our world and our nature can be like immediately to react and almost like be afraid of things that we don't understand and don't give ourselves a chance to understand. And like, she like almost like immediately has an understanding of him in a way that like I love that scene in the garage where like Bumblebee obviously has no memory. He doesn't really understand himself or anything that's going on. And she obviously doesn't understand like why is there a giant robot in my garage that just was my car a few seconds ago? Like and it's a great moment where like two people who are clearly 
not in any way connected or understanding one another to like immediately start to understand communication in nonverbal ways and, and like connection and, and like understanding and, and uh, what's the word I'm searching for? Like, like empathy for one another so immediately. That's just great. I, I really love that. Um, the other thing that you mentioned um, was how she's like looking for people to notice her. And one thing that I've really, really loved about this movie is that scene where she, her and Memo like drive up to the top of that like beach area or whatever it is and like they're doing the cliff jumping and she doesn't jump like she obviously could have she's a diver she would have done well like that really was an opportunity for her to be noticed and I feel like in reality most of us myself included probably would take that opportunity like like we are so anxious for attention that we'll almost like accept it in the wrong ways and I love that she doesn't um, I don't know, like, I feel like that's a little another segment, or not a segment, another, like, addition to this story that has, type of story that's been told so many times, like, a great little addition to, to how we develop in that, that way, and I, I just love that part. No, yeah, I, I love to just piggyback off that for a second, because I think that's totally accurate, because, you know, when I say, like, she's looking for somebody to notice her, Obviously, if you would notice her, she jumped off that cliff. But I think in that moment, too, there's a realization of these are not the people that she cares about. She just wants to connect to her family again. And whether it be, you know, she hasn't said the right thing or her mom hasn't said the right thing, these are not the people that she cares about seeing her. It's more of I care about what my family, like what's going on with my family and, you know, She's not mad at her mom for remarrying, and I think there's a lot of deeper messages there. And again, a lot of people could maybe relate to that subject. Um, but yeah, I think it's great that there's that realization that she doesn't need to do this to, to get what she wants. And like you said, sometimes you take a step back, and a lot of people would probably just do that, but it's not what they're actually looking for. Yeah, yeah, I think it's important to like realize, you know, what it is that I actually want versus what I don't want. Um, I really like that. You know, what are we actually looking for? So, um, you know, I don't really have anything else to add. I appreciate you being on here so long with me, Matt. You know, let me pick your brain about your love for movies and also just talking about a fun movie, Bumblebee. Um, this is a movie that I've I've really liked for a long time and wanted to talk about. So, although I got outvoted and get didn't get to watch Assassin's Creed and the other two aren't even here, <laughs> I'm still excited that I got a chance to talk about Bumblebee, especially with you, Matt. That was that was a ton of fun. Um, I forgot how much I I really enjoy this movie. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Um, I feel like this is one of those movies that like I'm going to keep on my shelf of movies and, and I'll probably forget about from time to time. Like I'll never be like, and, and then once in a while I'll grab it out and I'll be like, man, like this is great. Like why did I forget about it? And then I'll put it back and like think about it for a few days or a few weeks and then I'll forget about it again and then pull it out and like, man, why did I forget about this? Like this is great. So like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it will be one that I actually remember that won't happen, but I feel like this is one of those movies that, you know, every time you watch it, you realize why you, why you love it. Yeah, no, great point. I, I definitely agree with that. So, and I think that, uh, I think sometimes that's more memorable is the movie that you sometimes forget about, but every time you watch it, you once again appreciate, no matter how long it's been, why you like it. So, yeah, well, thanks to all of our listeners who stayed this long into the podcast. Thanks again to Matt, of course, for being with us. You can find him, his podcast is. Matt goes to the movies, um, if I remember that right. Hopefully I did. <laughs> that will be all of the sources where you can find him. His social media links, podcast links, all of that's in the show notes. Um, 
but yeah go give the show a listen he's he's um i'll let him do this but how about you tell us some of the episodes that you've done um you can plug your show in any other way you want yeah so i i appreciate that you know i just want to piggyback and say you know i i appreciate coming on here i've been a fan of your guys work um so I love the interaction that you guys have. I, I have a lot of similar opinions to you. Um, love the movies that you've reviewed. So I appreciate the time to come on here. And uh, some of the movies I've done, I have done the uh, nine movies that in, are included in the Skywalker saga. So I've done those. Uh, I recently did V for Vendetta, which is a movie I really enjoy talking about. Uh, I did Annihilation, which kind of, going through like Natalie Portman uh, kick there with Star Wars V for Vendetta and then Annihilation. She's another That's one of my true. favorites, so I have watched some of those movies. Um, and then I did Rob Zombie's Halloween 1 and 2 uh, because I talked about it earlier. Uh, huge fan of the horror genre and I really thought there were a lot of good things about those movies that were just there's a couple of scenes here and there and a couple of cues that just turn those movies for uh you know the worst but they're still a, a hot topic for me so to speak because i like them but there's just these little things that i think that they would have changed that they'd be actually really considered actually good movies in that in that saga so those are the episodes that i've covered um looking forward to doing uh i'm actually going to do a ranking of the mcu movies coming up with a buddy of mine and then Hopefully, maybe we can talk about Assassin's Creed soon. I'd, I'd actually love to get your thoughts on that and see what uh, see what you guys think of those or whether it just be one of the gang or whatnot. So it'd be interesting to me. Yeah, I, I would honestly love to uh, talk about Assassin's Creed. I'm excited for your MCU ranking. I've been enjoying your episodes, particularly the one about Annihilation. Um, a little sneak peek. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that movie. I love that movie up until the end, and the end just ruined it for me and like i feel like i'm one of those like i feel like a night like you said in your episode there's a big discussion like did you get it or did you not and whether if you're in the get it group then you like the movie and if you're in the not get it group then you don't like the movie and i feel like i'm one of those weirdos it's like in, i'm in the get it group but i dislike it um but so hearing your take on it like it, it i don't want to say it didn't change mine because i haven't rewatched the movie since but like it opened up my thought process into a different way and i, I just really really enjoy that episode um so if you guys want to go check out his show, uh, which I recommend, definitely, definitely recommend, especially his, his Star Wars episodes. I really, really like those, obviously, because I love Star Wars. But Annihilation, I feel like that's a good episode to, uh, to start on with Matt's podcast. So thanks again for having us. Also, whenever you talk about Batman Begins, I want to be there. I want to know, like, don't get me wrong. I, I really love Batman Begins, and I haven't watched that in, like, years. So maybe I need to revisit it. Um, but I'm, I, I would love to know sometime why you love it so much. As you can see, but anybody that's listening to this episode, thanks for sticking with us for so long. Um, I can probably go triple the time <laughs> talking about Batman Begins. I'd love to talk about that movie any day. So we could definitely set something like that up. I really enjoy it. I've, I, I've enjoyed this stuff back and forth. So. Yeah. Well, that's the end of the episode. If I don't end it, I'm going to keep talking forever. So thanks to all our listeners. Um, definitely subscribe to The Basement Binge. And Matt goes to the movies to get all your your thoughts about all the great movies that we're talking about. Anyway, thanks everyone for listening. Ciao, ciao.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.